Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. I'm Elaine. And we have uh, what is fast becoming my favorite segment we do each month. Uh, the Well, I, I like every segment we do. You know, this is fun. But uh, I, I, I do think that talking about um, new releases, it's just, it's, it's a fun format. You know, I, I like when we bring a number of different albums from different genres to the table and just, you know, our, our own unique tastes kind of come out and it's always a fun conversation. And I think today is very much gonna, gonna breed that kind of conversation because all of these albums are pretty, pretty damn unique and, you know, in tempo and style and, and all that stuff. Um, and as usual, we're going to start with our anniversaries first. And I mentioned that these are might be in terms of a tandem. Usually we do, you know, one album that might be like a, a bit celebrating a, a younger anniversary, another one that's celebrating a bit of an older anniversary. But both of these are, are in the um, 20th century, 21st century. Is that how centuries work? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, but in any case, the, the first album, which... We picked, or I suggested, I think we decided on it, because we really don't talk about doom metal that much at all in this podcast. If, you know, There's different reasons for that. We'll get into it when we talk about it, I imagine. But this is a, a seminal stoner dune album, You know, one of the most important albums in the genre. Uh, Dope Throne by Electric Wizard came out in uh, 2000. Uh, it was a band that started um, somewhat as a more traditional-ish Doom band, their first album, they actually specifically modeled their logo after the, um, I think after Black Sabbath's font, if I remember correctly, or like it was an older older iteration of Black Sabbath's font, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, yeah, no, that, 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 that is. That, that's the first Black Sabbath logo. Yep, okay, yeah. that, that's what I thought. Um, which, I think that was self-titled. I might, I might be wrong. Uh, I don't yeah, know it's that, self-titled. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that much, but it's not, you know, I think I listened to it once, wasn't my favorite. After that, they released uh, Come My Fanatics, which is an excellent, for me, it kind of duels with uh, Dope Throne as one of, you know, probably my favorite. Although they had some nice late, late career hits, but definitely when you're talking about Electric Wizard, um, you're going to talk about Dope Throne and Come My Fanatics. And I think Dope Throne wins out not just because of how awesome the the cover is and the the lore around the album, so to speak, um, but just it's a it's a really damn good doom metal album. It, it just it, it's such a the the, the riffs, the, the the guitar tone are, you know, just typical, amazing, you know, thick, heavy stoner doom. Um, and it's crazy just how much of a foundational release this became for Stoner Doom. I mean, just obviously, you know, talking about you know, weed, very obviously, but also themes of <laughs> themes of like you know the occult, horror film, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, um, just very very foundational aspects of Stoner Doom. Um, I had not listened to this album for really long time. I, me, I don't me remember too. the last time I, I heard it. Um, and 
like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we just we don't talk about doom metal a lot. I mean, I'm curious to hear you know, your thoughts, and I want you to go to go first because I've kind of been chatting a lot to open up the the show. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't really said anything. I, mean, I know. I just, I, I've just I, I don't know why I've just purposely kept quiet. Um, just I'm I'm a I'm a fragile little mouse. This episode. <laughs> well, yeah, because before <laughs> I, it's. Before I turn the, the reins over to you, I just want to say that um, Doom Metal in general is not my favorite. I, I, I For some reason, um, it's not necessarily that it's slow. I think just it, it's very, very much dedicated to the riff and revolving around the riff. And I think that because they're usually really long albums and because it just is very slow and focused on kind of just being heavy and, 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 and writing like that, just writing out that great riff. Uh, it just gets a little boring for me, you know, and, and while mm-hmm. I do like doom metal, I'd love a great, you know, some of the riffs on this album specifically are just crushing, but, um, yeah, it's just something that I haven't listened to for a while for that reason. And, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, to hear your thoughts on, you know, your background with the album. And then of course, what you, what you thought with this, this trip back around the, back around the bong. So this, yeah, <laughs> this, this, uh, scenic visit to the dope throne if you will <laughs> um yeah so i actually like you said i haven't listened to this in a long time uh but you were the one who got me into electric wizard um i specifically remember i think you let me borrow i think either black masses or witch cult today probably mm. both of them both, now i think about really it. really good albums i remember you were really uh like obsessed with the song dunwich off of a uh, witch cult oh that is um, a great riff yeah yeah i so those are the ones I sort of listened to. And I, I remember this was like my sophomore year of college, probably. Um, so, you know, it's been it's been close to a decade. <laughs> you know, it's been like a good eight years um, since that time. And mm-hmm. I, I, just, like, I just haven't really listened to them a ton. Um, I, I, I don't know if I hate I, I like I, I don't hate doom metal, really. It's it's more just like. I, this is gonna sound weird, but like I, I kind of forget that it exists. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I, mean, I, 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 I don't mean I that in, that. Uh, in like a negative way. That like it's so formulaic or something like that. That I, I just forget about. It. It's more like I just, you know, it, 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 it it's, it's kind of like, uh, it, it, it's, it's like a country like Croatia. Like, you know, you know, it exists, <laughs> but like. I, I honestly like when we talk about Europe, like how often does Croatia come up in a conversation? That's like, true. I, I like I totally yeah. whenever that that com- that um, Croatia comes up, which I mean, I guess to your point, it barely does. Um, yeah, it's just like where the fuck is Croatia again? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's near uh, Greece. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it it's like off the Mediterranean. Oh, um, okay. but yeah, like I mean, I and. <laughs> you know, no disrespect to Croatia. It's just like it's just something that doesn't occur to me a lot. Um, yeah, you know, and I think when it does, it's usually more in the form of like Sabbath, mm. you know, or um, I guess like High on Fire or Sleep. Um, those are like probably my go-to's. I don't, I don't even know if you'd consider. I mean, I, I th- th- that's the thing with like doom metal is like there's like so many subgenres within it, and they all kind of sound the same <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, it, you know, oh, I, I freaking Candle Mass. Uh, you know, Candle Mass's Nightfall is a big. Do metal album for me, uh, but you know, rarely do I really 
jump into the genre on my own. Uh, which you know, now that I think about it, you know, a um, a, like a album, like a genre exploration on doom metal might be kind of cool. Um, though it might drive us insane. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, just be, because like I, I, I do have to admit that I think it it can be given to formula pretty easily. Like because like you said, it's it's so riff based, but I think it's it's not even that. Is it's more like it, it feels like there isn't always the best of songwriting you know again like that folk like it's just like oh as, as long as we can get like a cool vibe going you know that's cool and like that that ends up you know sort of making some really like it, it, it gets really long sometimes because people are just like oh fuck it let, let's just drone this album for a fucking hour yeah. you know and I, um, I think just inherently because of the way that you write doom metal that happens just because I mean, your average doom metal riff is just is just a long riff. Like yeah, just, it's more than like yeah, a, but, a death but, metal like, riff is the, like, you know, a few seconds. You know, it's, it's you know fast, speedy, thrash, same deal. But doom to play a full doom metal sequence, I guess maybe not a riff, but a sequence, it's just long. And then you string a ton of those together to you know get a mood. I think you're totally spot on. Yeah, I mean, I I can't say that about this album as much, even though like there are points like the title track on this, or just basically like the last half of of or just like the last tool. So, do you consider the uh, the bonus track, uh, Mind Transferal, to be part of the album? Uh, I was surprised looking up this how many versions of this are this there. Are. Yeah, I, I listened to it on my CD version, and I I Frank, I don't know which one. I have just because after a while, yeah. the back end of the album kind of plug in together for me. But I, I guess so. I mean, in general, I consider hidden tracks part of an album. I well, guess. it's not a hidden track; it's like a bonus track a bon- that yeah, got bonus, uh, bonus. added to like a re-release of it. Um, uh, I, I guess so. I mean, because it fits I, I, in. I, I, all, all I'm saying is just like those last two tracks are very just slow and doomy, but like the first half is like really just like hyper like extremely hyper for like a doom metal album like a stoner metal album mm-hmm. uh just like the i mean the, i think the production is like just so dead on in this album it just like it, it just hits all those really really nice parts that's just like like it, it, if sabbath like you know if tony iomi had like access to like you know real real chunky active you know humbuckers you know and like in uh you know some really really gnarly distortion pedal you know like Mm -hmm. you you know that's what they would be doing is like this type of shit uh and i like on that half it i love it so like you know i i love hearing them like just like it's it it's almost like they're like raging in static sometimes like mm-hmm. it, it just feels so filled with noise but like not in a like it's it's noise that doesn't harsh your mellow if you will yeah. <laughs> uh, especially considering just um the the whole thematic aspect of this album yes. um yeah the, 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 i this thing I, I i this is an enjoyable album but it's not something i'm gonna put on all the time it's not yeah. something i don't think i would really own to be totally honest, it's not. It's not that I think it's bad. It's just that it's like, uh, it's it's just not something I listen to all the time, you know. Whereas like mm-hmm. Nightfall, like for me is is just like there's a lot more going for it, 
just you know other than just like those those meaty riffs you know um whereas like you know this has great riffs but at the end of the day it's like you know that it sometimes it feels like that's all there is um and also yeah. i i was thinking about this when i when i turned it on this week um that album cover is it's just not great um it fits, like it's it's really not it's one of those well, that I, people love because it's so iconic but it's not i'm not talking about like in terms of composition because i mean it, it's it's kind of a funny idea it's just like hey look it's like satan taking a bong hit like that, that that's that's awesome but um it's more like i i was searching through the internet and i don't think i could come across a single version of it that wasn't blurry yeah <laughs> which is like how is that even possible <laughs> like and i guess i i guess the band like painted it or something or like they, they, they created it um or they at least had some hand in its design mm-hmm. uh because just osborne or just oborn is is on that as well as tim bagshaw as as like he's credited with the artwork but you know you, you never know if that means like they actually made it or whether it was uh designed by yeah. them um so yeah i i really don't have a ton to say about it i mean it's like if if you really want to just rock out with your cock out you know like this is the album for that i gotta say but uh you know like i i feel like its merits probably don't go on beyond there and i mean it at the same time though like you know i actually i'm just i'm just realizing this is that you know like stoner metal and like doom metal like really hasn't changed since this album if you really think about it like and i'm talking about like the more stonery side of it you know because like we have we have people like paul bearer who are like you know doing semi new things in the genre uh but like you know I, I i'm thinking of like like whenever somebody's like oh yeah check out like this stoner doom album and i'm like oh it's just it's 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 sleep it's electric wizard you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I, I i'm 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 pretty much right there with you uh it's yeah. funny because um it, i mean it's been 20 years though that that's the weird thing yeah i, I mean I, I think it is really such a like a foundational text so to speak and it's it's one of those i'm, I'm sure people would say the same thing about death metal like i can totally hear the you know the difference in the progression uh, you know, from newer death metal bands, you know, obviously where they pull from, but also just where, you know where they're going. I feel like someone who's super into doom metal would like guffaw and be like, "Hey, no, it's you know this band's doing something interesting, whatever." But I do think that just the the structural aspect of doom. I mean, I I, I think it's just like it depends on the genre, really, because like they're like you know, if you know someone was gonna go to you and be like, "Oh, Scott, you know where's." where's like the new innovation in like slam you know and like you know i i don't i would argue there probably isn't any you know but but then when it comes to like you know more uh proggier and like avant-garde sides of death metal and sort of uh death metal on average like there's been you know just a ton of innovation you know, just I mean, Imperial Triumphant alone is has done amazing things for the genre. Yeah. You know, but they're just one band who just recently has made a huge splash. You know, so it's it like 
it just feels like there's a lot more going on. Like, and there's a lot more possible because I think it's less, it's less defined as opposed to like doom metal. Like, you know, like doom metal, just you know that sound, in a way. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, like you could put on horrendous and like, you know, uh, horrendous is idol and like that, like that has a lot of like jazzy parts to it. But then it also gets pretty savage as well. You know, but that's still like doom metal or doom metal, sorry, death metal. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's now now I think about it too. It's been a long time since I've really listened to like like a metal album. Like I, I actually, well, that's not totally true. I, I have uh, Arch Enemies Chaos Legions on in the car, which is um not a great album, but I I, I love it. <laughs> you know what? That, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I just, I specifically remember listening to that album while walking around our college, which, um, you know, g- given that's a Benedictine college, <laughs> makes it all funnier. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole, like, you know, melodic death metal album dedicated mm-hmm. to anarchy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was, that was fun. That, that, that was, that, that's a good memory, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, that's, that's really all I have to say here. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, I, I, oh, I actually want one last little uh, anecdote, if if you will, uh, because I finished listening to this and I went to go sort of, uh, you know, practice uh, my synth work for a little bit, and then uh, I forgot that there was a uh, like a silence at the end that like, and then it goes to like a vocal clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I was playing with my synth, and I'm like, "Is someone talking outside?" And, and then, like, so I had turned it down, and I'm like, "No, the, the i like my, my my iPad's still going." Yes. Um, uh, but also, I I'm very glad I listened to this thing on my iPad as opposed to like with headphones because I I don't know if I would have any hearing left. Just just because it like it's just so bass heavy. Uh, that I like just playing it through the speakers is like a godsend for me personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally I I loved uh, I loved having this player through my you know my speakers in my house, you know, being able to yeah. turn it up as loud as possible. But mainly to wrap it up into echo kind of what, what you were saying. Uh, it's funny whenever I think of this album, I think of the opening and then <laughs> the next track where it's like. But like you know, like those first two riffs, <laughs> and then they check, and then the, the next track, yeah, no, I mean, I'm doing a bad job, but like the first two riffs, like that's what I always think of. Like, man, I need to listen to that album more. Uh, but but then I don't know if you ever have this with an album. You think like like how come I don't like how come I don't remember anything else? Like how come I, like I don't at least for me sometimes yeah. it is usually the sign of an album that get, kind of gets old after a little while. Because I'm like, man, like, the first tracks are great, but, like, why don't I remember any other tracks? And I remembered why, because after a while, my interest just starts to, like, kind of pretty steadily starts to decline. Um, not that any of the... And I don't think any of the tracks on here are bad. I mean, it's all really solid stoner dude yeah. through and through. Like, the, 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 but, that's, the, that's the thing. It's, it's more like a too much of a good thing, in a way. Yeah. Like, because, like, the, the, the riffs are, like, really good. Like, you know, they, like... You know, if, if if I was one to partake, like, I would be smoking up every time I listen to this thing, yeah. you know? But, like, you know, it's just, like, how many bong hits can you do without just 
you know, just losing your mind and your lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels like every track kind of more or less go. I mean, you know, there's there's some tracks with more memorable riffs than others, but generally it's just kind of going going back to the same well, you know, track after track after track. And, you know, it works. I get why they do it, but it's just not, yeah. you know. And, I mean, like, you know, credit where credit's due. You know, this, I mean, like, there's a, there, there's a before Electric Wizard and, like, a before Sleep, and there's, like, an after them. And it's, like, they, they are very much, like, a milestone in their genre. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for for good reason. Like, you know, totally, yeah. you know, it, listening to bands post Electric Wizard, post Sleep, you could totally, or even like post Sabbath in the first wave of Doom, you totally, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, glad I listened to it, but um, kind of remembered why, or I didn't feel as bad for not listening to it. Like, like the gap between listens, because I was like, oh, I, I kind of get it. This is this is yeah. kind of. You know, not only am I not as into doom metal as I once was, it's just, it's not, it's not an album that totally, especially it's like really long, um, you know, at least the, the version I, yeah. the version I have is one of the, the longer of the, I think I saw three you, on there. That, that is the theme of this week. All four of the albums that we're talking that. about are like close to an hour or over an hour. Yeah, I think our next one is the mm-hmm. only one that doesn't hit an hour. The rest of them are yeah. over it. Actually, um, you, you are very right. And speaking of which, our next album, which uh, could not literally, if we were, um, if I had like a, like a tempo chart, this was a, like a visual interactive podcast, I would take my little magnet and push it all the way to the other end of the tempo chart that I just oh. made up right now, because this I, album... See, like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to call bullshit there, um, because like like the first half of, of Dope Throne is like, has some fast paced parts. Not as not as fast as this next album. I mean, like I'm not saying like this next album. It's mainly just the well, I don't know. I mean, this next album, it's really hard to pin down like a specific like, like the drumming on this album is not like your typical like. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, frankly, nothing on this album is your typical anything. So, um, and the next album that I'm talking about is the 2005 record from Lightning Bolt, Hyper Magic Mountain. Uh, we have discussed Lightning Bolt before because they are a phenomenal and phenomenally unique noise rock band, I guess. I, I mean, they definitely fall into noise They're... rock. I'd say, you know, some aspects they lean on kind of the more heavier aspects of math rock and, and uh, maybe a... T- it, 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 it's a primus conundrum, yeah, if you will. Like it, it's like they they play lightning bolt music. Primus plays Primus music. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's they're such a they're one of those bands when you read about them on paper they sound like a gimmick. You know, you know the it's a, a bass and drum duo. The bassist strings his bass with with like with banjo strings and, and uses uh, I don't know if he does all of them, but at least a few of them he does banjo strings. He uses a, a yeah, shit like pitch shifters, yeah, a shit ton of of you know effect pedals and whatnot. The the drummer's the singer, and he sings via like a like a I think it's somewhere between a gas mask and like a wrestling mask combo that he he wear. Which I mean, it, that kind of makes sense from like a physical standpoint. That like while you're drumming, if the if the mic is like literally just like attached to your face, that makes it a hell of a lot easier to yeah. I but but if if you've ever seen like drummers sing. Like they they they'll have like an like one like above them kind of yeah. Where I remember um, the, the, I don't know if you remember the band Atreyu. I was really into them in high school, but he just had a mic kind of at 
like face level that he would just like lean over. It was like to his left, I, I think. I, I I was hoping it would be like one of those Britney Spears headsets. <laughs> I mean, that would I, I think. Phil Collins does like, sometimes when he a, f- he drums. a fucking course. Bill Collins, Phil yeah, Collins well, of course, does that. like like <laughs> the older generation, they don't care about. It's kind of like me, where uh, some of the fashion choices I make now, I would be mortified as a high schooler. But also, I don't want to have. Well, my... I, I I I really want to dive into this very quickly because I I feel like there are bands that would benefit from a headset. Um, and, and I'm not like dissing the headset. I'm I'm saying that like it presents a good way to be able to you know uh go away you know like have your instrument with you if you yeah. will well actually it, um, it's, it's a funny um well I mean, maybe not funny but it's interesting how um especially in metal or like heavier music it's all about like like pain and struggle is something that's like innate to to metal or, or you know whether it's performative or, or, or true but um the uh, Matt Matt Heafy from Trivium, he currently is. I think at one point he might still be doing it. He uses two guitar straps because he was having like really significant neck and you know shoulder, but it's just pain from holding his guitar. And I mean, Wait, seriously, it, yeah. I mean, and it looks it looks nerdy. Like it, it does. It does look a little goofy, but like you know, his job is to play music and that makes it easier for him to do that. And he got a lot of pushback. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. Like, like a lot of trolls were like, oh, that, they, that looks stupid, whatever. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe, but would you rather him be, like, physically able to continue playing music or or not? Like, I, I don't know. I think it definitely it's about, like, when people see that, they think of the Beatles, like, with their, you know, with the, the super high-strung straps. And, and and whatnot, because I think people are thinking yeah. about like metal bands today, especially like the, the you know the chug chug core bands that have their guitars you know slung so low and it looks kind of cool, but of course they're only playing I, I, like I, three notes every song. So, have you seen um uh oh what's his face uh from Big Black um Steve Albini's uh guitar thing? No, I'm gonna look that, that up right that, now. That he he wears it like a belt. Uh. And like he has, it, it's it almost looks like a like a karate belt in a way, but it has a guitar strap to the front. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, I think in general, however, people need to, um, you know, whatever makes sense for them. Yeah, I, like I like dude, like you know, it, it it's okay to rock the headset, you know, and sing Toxic, and you know, uh, dance in front of your mirror, you know, while nobody's watching. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, I was, was talking about Hyper Magic Mountain by Lightning Bolt. An interesting diversion because what I, you know, what I was saying is, um, hearing like when you read all that, you're like, wow, that's uh, that sounds like it could be a total gimmick. Like especially especially like the ban- banjo strings on the bass and just like all that stuff. It was like this yeah. this could be bad. But the reason that it's so cool is because it it works like a lot, like really really yeah. Good. Like they just it, they are such a unique you know, totally fearless and, and intense band. Uh, I actually discovered them through, oh shit. I think, I think it's called fantasy yeah. empire. It was yeah, like 20, fantasy empire. Yeah. 2013 album. And yeah, right out of the, like they just, they write just such memorable yet intense music. It, it, it's so, it's just so great. You know, I've been like a big fan for a while. Um, oddly enough, I had not, heard this album I, I thought because really? a lot of their earlier albums are, have like the similar 
Well, I mean, I guess all their albums have similarly like really bright, colorful, you know, seemingly yeah. hand drawn covers. So I thought I had this one. The one I have, I think, is Wonderful Rainbow. Um, yeah, which is very good as well. Yeah, but um, had not heard this one, and uh, I don't. I actually don't have a lot to say about this one either. But I that's only because what I wanted to get out of this, I got out of it. You know, it, it's it's a lightning bolt album through and through. Although I appreciated that this was a bit. Maybe it was just you know the recent lightning bolt I've heard, but this was a bit more instrumental in a way. Like there there were fewer vocals. I felt than some of their newer projects, which I always appreciate their um, their more instrumental moments. Like I think the vocals are are cool, they're funny. You know, they can help they can help to add to the mood. But I love when they just start going at it, just you know, back and forth instrumental. Especially Mega Ghost, I think is just like peak lightning bolt. Like there's noisy weirdness at the beginning, and then the riff just sounds like scraping metal, and it's just it, it's just such a such a great track and for me it encapsulate everything i love about lightning bolt uh, i will say not not so much as a negative but definitely something i noted is um some of the more catchy or you know, slightly hook oriented songwriting that they later developed um wasn't as prominent here this definitely was more of a intense you know kind of one 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 dimensional which it's weird to call them one dimensional just because of how insane their music is but it definitely didn't have the the same focus same songwriting focus i'll say like not that it was bad by any means but i felt like they weren't as focused about making you know hooks and stuff like that that they do like they, what i love about they fan- come out with some pretty good grooves though nonetheless yeah i will say like what i love what copy of fantasy empire was all you know everything i just mentioned but also there are some genuine like actual like catchy hooks on that which you wouldn't expect from how you know intense the music could be um yeah. but yeah i mean this just reminded me I, I, honestly i think after this episode i'm going to go on bolos and see if i can you know see if i can just view a complete my lightning bolt collection good luck um, it, it, it's it's difficult because their um their first couple of albums are really difficult to find because i yeah. think they've been out of print for so long but if i remember right uh because i think they're signed to drag city now and um they are supposedly reissuing uh, a number of their early albums. Oh, that'd be great. So, yeah, I'm psyched for that. I, I managed to pick up a copy of Hyper Magic Mountain from Bull Moose, actually. I, I just, I saw it used, and I'm like, I cannot let that deal go. Because, like, when are you going to see a Lightning Bolt album, you know, in a record store? <laughs> like, it just feels like a, like you just can't find them anymore. Yeah. Um, unless it's, like, the new ones. Um, so, I, I nabbed on that. I, I, I mean, I love this album. It's It's so much fun to listen to. Uh, if I have any gripes with it, it's more in that I find it difficult to sort of uh, hear the ends and beginnings of tracks in it because it mm-hmm. just feels like all like one huge groove. Mm. And like it, but you know, at the same time, like I, I I feel like listening to an album of theirs is an experience. So it's kind of nice to have it just be like this one winding experience you know into the minds of these guys because it's just yeah. so fucking insane and it's like uh, yeah I, I they're so much fun to listen to uh and probably even more fun uh seeing live because you know like they they play on the ground with the with like the audience mm-hmm. uh you know just yeah they they're an awesome band um i really don't have anything negative to say about it like i you know I, I 
it's been a while since I've listened to Sonic Citadel, even though I own it. Um, but like, I, I felt like there were a lot of awesome grooves in in this in Hyper Magic Mountain as well. Um, as always, I I love. I mean, it's so strange to say this with a noise rock album, but like, I love the production of it. Yeah. Um, I got. I just love how just thick that bass is, even when it's like playing like really high riffs. Uh, you know, and I, I, my, probably my favorite part of all of this is, is Brian Chippendale's, uh, like, you know, snare hits. Like, yes. I just love those snare hits. They, they just, they feel so good. <laughs> and it's, it's just like, you know, but even beyond the production, I guess, they just work so well together. Like, they're just so, like, they're such a finely oiled machine. Like, just the chemistry is just, just perfect with them so it it just makes every listen you know so much fun to listen to yeah absolutely and i think you totally hit the nail on the head with um um just just ha- the, the drum production is easily my, my favorite part of lightning bullet i think it's just it's so instantly recognizable both his playing just the way it sounds and it just it adds a, a great dimension to to that and then uh, what was it called I think the album was called Melt it was Chippendale oh yeah Gustafson and yep and uh, Papilo I think his name was uh, that I'm a little salty about only because I bought it on vinyl because it was really cheap and I think I discovered why because it doesn't have the full album because I guess they they physically could not find a way to split it over it's um, a long ass album, dude. Which I kind of get, but also I was just like, well, I I probably wouldn't have bought it if I knew that <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, you know, I can't actually listen to it. So like, you know, in full. Um, but yeah, excellent, excellent yeah, album. No, I'm glad g- we great we album. I I love these guys. Like, you know, I I'm with you. Like, I really want to buy every one of their albums at some point. Sweet. Well, in that case i think we've reached the new release version of or a segment of this podcast and we are we have an interesting tandem i'm I'm really looking forward to talking both of these uh especially our kind of headliner the second one um but first we're going to talk about the new record from a band that finally decided to release an album that was you could listen to in one sitting um, it's still pretty long, but their I think either the last release or their second you know second most recent release was virtually unlistable just by how long it was. But um, this is yeah. Sign, the new album from Autecker. They are a are they a British? I think they're from the UK, right? Yeah, they, they, they're a British band signed to Warp. Yeah, uh, you know one of the most important IDM bands yep. in existence. Uh, one of my favorite IDM bands, without a doubt. Uh, th- there was a time I listened to probably every one of their albums, just like within like the span of like a week, because <laughs> I was just like in the middle of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but their stuff is is just so fragmentary and strange to the point that like I feel like IDM doesn't even fit what they do. Yes, it's like a weird web of of like glitch and noise and industrial and, like, and then a bunch of other but then like ambient music as well yeah a bunch of other like, elements that just kind of 
get together and I got really into them with um I Trevor Pite? Uh no actually. I, I had never heard of them, but I found I recognized the cover to XI, their twenty thirteen okay. album, and I, I just I saw it at Newbury Comics and I was like, This is really cool. It was pretty reasonably priced and I just listened to it for losing my car for like a week straight. It just it's so strange and dense but kind of addictive and hypnotic it just is is this really it, it's it's hard to describe unless you heard it it's just it's really really interesting yeah. electronic music yeah, and, and then but... from there i went back and uh, uh i think i, I found a, a, a different bull moose i bought um Quirstis, i think is how oh you yeah Quirstis. Um, yeah chiastic slide tri-repeate I, I bought a, a few of them and i just loved it uh, unfortunately, their yeah. recent output um, not as accessible. Yeah, there was uh, I think LSEC one through five. There was yep, it and was, then there was the NTS sessions. Yeah, which is funny because I thought that one was you know it was just Google it was fifty or five fifty minute segments, which is I mean that that put, put swans to shame. Um, and then they yeah. followed that up with um, NTS sessions one through four, which was four hundred and eighty minutes long, uh, which <laughs> is, is a little. A little, little much. So when this album was yeah, announced, which is and it was which is what it's eight, eight hours long. I guess. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. really do the math in my head, but um, with <laughs> thank you, elementary school multiplication. I know, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure all my teachers would be really excited to hear me not not be able to do basic basic division. But um, the, well, the the only way I ever knew that one was because they rhymed. Because six times eight is forty eight. And like, there's just like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you're rhyming eight with eight, but still, I'm hey, counting it. It works. It really, it, that's yeah. a rhyme, um, dude. N- mnemonics, bitch. <laughs> if, if that didn't work as a rhyme, then Lil Wayne wouldn't have a career. So, yeah. <laughs> it, anyway, I know. I, I don't know why I decided to dump dunk on Lil Wayne just then, but um, hey, did did you see the needle drop video by any chance? But with, with him uh, ranking all the rappers, I was a little disappointed because like. I I wanted to see it in order. Like, I don't know. I feel like once, once it was in order, I just totally lost interest. <laughs> what? I thought... What? Did you, so you didn't watch the video? Honestly, no. Because, like, I wanted to see... Because it was just a list... Like, I feel like it's really easy to do a list of, like, 55 great rappers. But I, I wanted to, you know... I want to oh, you, so you, you you didn't know the joke in it? No. What was the joke? <laughs> oh yeah, no. The, 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 that was the whole thing. Is that he uh, his metrics for the rappers was just their height? <laughs> oh, was it really? Like, like, yeah. So so for everyone, he would just Google what their height was and just put them in the appropriate ranks. It was because then like the the very last one, he just he just picks Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Oh my and he just God. puts Shaquille's the only one who makes the S rank. It's perfect. <laughs> that is really funny. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. All right. I, I am. I have. I have now opened that up on YouTube, my phone, and I'm gonna watch it after after yeah. we're done. That's really, really watch funny. it. It's it's really funny because like it, it's just it, it's his literal only metric for it, and I love it. That's but um, anyway anyways that, that, was, really, that, was, that was quite a diversion but anyway Autecker which has yeah. nothing to do with Lil Wayne um, but this new album Sign is a paltry 65 minutes long which in comparison to the last few releases is incredibly short 
Um, yeah, so. th- this is this is Ottecker's grindcore album, by yeah, the way. By comparison, um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I liked it. I, I did enjoy it. I think I I was a little intrigued by um, you know people said it was almost like their ambient album, so to speak. I think I think Pitchfork said so. And Pitchfork said something. It, it, it has some moments. Yeah, and it was a little bit. Yeah. You know, some albums were more subdued, and whatnot. Uh, and I think just because I had XI in my head and it was the last, it was my first entry point to the band and, and I, I really like that more aggressive, you know, almost muscular part of their sound where it's just very dark and, and intense. Uh, I think I just, I found this a little unfocused personally. I mean, I, I liked most of it, but I, I just, some of the songs, it was a little bit hard for me. The, the word that kept popping in my head or the phrase that kept popping in my head was, uh, it was just hard for me to grab onto anything. I just I felt like it was a, um, with you know albums like XI specifically, I, I could just kind of follow the like really the trajectory of these really like hard rhythms and, and like angular, um, this angular production. But this there was you had that, but then there were some kind of softer soundscape surrounding it that just didn't it, it just it didn't click together that well for me. I, I did enjoy it, you know. I know that, that, that sounds like I didn't, but like I, it was it was nice to listen to, but it really did not. Um, I think one of the reasons I felt more disappointed than was probably warranted is just because I've been kind of disappointed at the fact that they put out new music that I just can't. I mean, I know little. I like very physically could listen to um, these albums, but I just I can't. I don't want to dedicate that amount of time to like any type of music, so. It feels like I've been waiting a long time for a new Ottecker, even though they have been releasing new music. So I was a little disappointed that the album that they released wasn't didn't really match what I've heard before, um, personally. But I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to hear what you think. Yeah. So you know, this isn't um, unheard of territory for them. Uh, I vaguely remember, like I think uh, LP five had a little bit of ambient stuff going on, but like the, there are mm-hmm. smatterings of it throughout their career. Um, and I, I wouldn't call this ambient. Um, it, yeah. It's more like, it, it's more like they pull from it, but it isn't sure. like, it's, it's more like they pull it into their own general sound. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think, so I, I really enjoyed it. I, in all fairness though, I only listened to it once and I feel like Ottaker is one of those bands that the music they make is very dense um, especially when they don't have that groove and that rhythm going. So, you know, I, I feel like I need to listen to it a few more times to really get more of an opinion on it, to be totally honest. Uh, but what I did here, I, I enjoyed. Um, you know, it was what always fascinates me about the band is just how they make what they what they make. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'll just, like, like, some of the glitching and things like that, like, it just... It, it, it just boggles my mind, especially as someone who just, like, I, I, I love hearing about music gear and, like, learning about synthesizers and stuff like that. And just, like, I would just love to spend a day with them in the studio and just watch what they do. Because it, it, it's just so fascinating to me. Um, I, oh, I, so there's one thing I kind of wanted to bring up. Did you by any chance read the review for it on Apple Music? Uh, no, I didn't. Why? Because uh, they were saying some 
interesting things about the album. Um, one of them was like that, like that you could hear hip hop in it, or like that, that there were certain things that were like hip hop. And I'm like, I, I listened to the entire thing. I, I don't, I can't recall anything that sounded even remotely like that. That's and like I mean, just I mean, like sort of. That's really interesting because that's I, I don't even think you're being too strong there. Like I I didn't like. I honestly can't think of a single moment where I would even consider it hip hop related. Yeah, That's... well, I I think they're like their gist of of sort of of sign was just that like oh this is like considering Elisk in like uh, the NTS sessions this is basically Ottekers version of a pop album, and like I I guess if you compare it to those two, I I, I guess that holds true, but I mean for Ot like. This is still an Ottekker album, like you know, like they they could they could probably make something even more accessible than this, and it would still be a difficult album. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, just to clarify, I like I I don't think this is an ambient al- album. I just that is what yeah, I, that's what no, I read before I, I listened to it, and, and I definitely I think that there were like you said there were, there were touches of it. There were you, know, you could hear them kind of incorporated, but. Um, this is, yeah, this is it, definitely... it's 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 kind of like um, it's like the band Oval that that what well, the album uh, yep. ninety three discount, mm-hmm. uh, which admittedly I'm not a big fan of, but just in that how like you could consider that an ambient album, but it also kind of isn't like how glitching can kind of uh, straddle the fence between ambient and other genres mm-hmm. in a way, um, but again it's it's more like. It's 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 more like they're leaning in a certain direction, but it's not so far as they're leaning outside of sort of the sound that they've you know created over like the last thirty years, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool to think about that they've been around for about thirty years now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely an Autechre album. I, I mean, I think you, yeah. if I do know this is Autechre, you put it on, I would know. I mean, I would think it was it was a tad different for them. I know, like I've heard glimpses of the, this throughout their career. I think, yeah, um, it definitely was the way I was approaching it. You know, the fact that I, I was, I mean, I, I was kind of irrationally excited for this album because I, <laughs> I definitely have yeah. been. Um, and again, I know the music's there. I could listen to it, but even Fantano made a joke about it that like people kept asking him to review, um, and this was the shorter of the two long albums. Uh, I think yeah. the ESQL, the one that's five fifty minute parts, like asking him to review it. I don't think he ever did, just because it's like, how do he, you? He, he said he was going to, and then he ended up not doing it. But I don't, I don't blame. How do you like? How do you effectively review that much music, especially when I mean, just calling a spade a spade? Their music can be a little. Um, it's kind of kind of like what you just said about Lightning Bolt, is that you like you kind of listen to it and go on a ride. Like it's not like there's enormous differences between, especially once you get to like the, the you know, three, four, five hour mark. It's just like, how, how much can you I, mentally distinguish between everything? I, I'm assuming that it's kind of like, um, you, and I've described this before on this podcast, you know, that, uh, that would, uh, that I said, I was going to say Woody Allen, um, Andy Warhol film, uh, where he has like, you know, it's like a eight hour film of his friend sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, a, but the, the point more is just that I, I think it's almost like an ex, it's it, it, it's a little cliche to say this, but it, it's a little it's like an experience mm-hmm. in a way that like 
you kind of have to, when you listen to it, kind of give up all your, uh, you know, your biases and just kind of just listen. And it becomes easier and easier as that time goes on. But it doesn't mean it's going to be simple going in. Um, Because I I remember Oliver uh, from Deep Cuts, I think he listened to both of those. Uh, I mean, at least enough to talk about both of them in his Autechre video. Um, Which, I mean, good lord, Oliver. (laughs) But, (laughs) so, you know, like, like, I, I think it's a matter of just being able to surrender to that experience, uh, which, you know, I, I am definitely not one of those people. I, I just, I'm way too impatient for that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, but, I think for me, because you, you know, and it definitely, it changes from the album. It depends on like, there's no correct number of times to listen to something to be able to review it. Um, yeah. personally, I try, I aim just like for my own writing process. I aim for two, and it's like I can't even imagine listening to either of those albums once. So I yeah, just I feel like exactly. I just I can't I couldn't imagine reviewing them. Um, yeah, but it. But I mean, I this album though I think is is you know like I I mean I I understand that you would be you know very happy to have an album that's actually listenable uh, in terms of length. You know, uh, but I I think that. I don't know. I, I just have this feeling that the music that they're making nowadays is just like kind of needs that like long haul digestion yeah. to it. So, you know, I, as much as I enjoyed it, I, I don't know if I've enjoyed it to the peak of what I'm capable of enjoying from mm-hmm. it. Um, but I'm, I'm positive about it. Yeah. I mean, it is a, definitely a good album you know didn't didn't give me what i was necessarily expecting or hoping for but i mean i, I think yeah. if you if you like this kind of music then i, I mean if you're more if, if you want more like rhythmic you know stuff like you know i try repite is is the album to go to frankly uh but you know if you want something a little more abstract th- this is a good place to start yeah i, I mean I, I think especially if if you're turned off by the more aggressive tones of an album like XI, this could be a really good entry point. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm surprised you listened to that in the car because like I, for me, like Autechre is like music that I can only listen to like in my room, like alone in a way. It, it was awesome too, because I, I hung out with, uh, I don't know if you know where, where New Hampshire is, but it's, it's, a, yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a decent drive home. And I, I was hanging out with a friend and I dropped him off. I just bought the album. So I just listened to it like in the dark with the you know the, at night with the with the windows down driving down the highway and driving down back roads and like it was amazing <laughs> it was such a cool experience that that's awesome it's, it's one of those you know sometimes you have musical listening experiences that you still like remember not just the album, oh yeah like that was one of them where it was just like these really like aggressive kind of complex tones and just like pitch black outside and like oh it was awesome that, that that's awesome uh do you do we want to move on to our next album yes and again continuing with the theme of this episode this next album is is quite i mean i guess there are electronic elements but in in every other sense it is quite a quite a different release and this is um an album with with an unfortunate release story but it is a child soldier creature creator creator of god like greg Pucciato, of course the lead singer of the dillinger escape plan and you know one of the most beloved 
one of those metal bands for getting you know metalcore mathcore they're just one of the more beloved modern metal bands uh, unfortunately this release was pushed up because a reviewer leaked their review copy which i which really I, apparently it was it, it was supposed to be in, around in august it was supposed to be released in august but then it got pushed back because of covid but yeah and, and then it got leaked oh, yeah, and then it got leaked so which really really stinks uh but um in some ways, and this is purely selfish, uh, I'm kind of glad that there was at least... I'm not glad that happened, but I'm glad there was a news cycle about it. Because, in all honesty, I didn't even know he was releasing an album. Like, at all. Like, for some reason, I oh, just you didn't did? hear about it. Oh. But then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what rock... You know, I'm, I like to think I'm pretty tuned in, but the first time I heard about it was the was that story. Was the fact that it was... You know that happened. I was like, "Wait a second, he has a new album. Like that—that that sounds interesting." And then you recommended we talk about it. Um, and I know you're a huge Delver plan, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to just talk about like your, you know, like your thoughts because I think this is his like full yeah. debut. I think he's yep, really. This is his first. Uh, so he's put out uh, side projects. So he's done "Killer Be Killed" with uh, Max Cavalera, um, and he's done the Black Queen, which is more of like a synth wave, synth pop type of outfit um so this is his first just solo outing and uh i mean i i've been really psyched for this thing ever since i heard uh it you know heard about it since it got like announced uh but i never listened to any of the singles from it uh which i guess is kind of my norm nowadays um very rarely do i listen to singles anymore but Mm um so going into this i I wasn't really sure what to expect because, you know, he seems to have a lot of different musical sides to him. Like, he's very um, willing to sort of jump wherever he feels. You know, if you listen to, like, an album like Option Paralysis, you know, you can hear that a lot because, you know, you've got, like, these pianos on uh, Widower, but then you've got, like, you know, um, Farewell Mona Lisa, which is just, like, batshit insane. You know, and he 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 will just jump between. He'll just jump anywhere in the gamut, basically. Um, so, I and I think that the the same thing happens in this album. Um, which I think is, it, it it's kind of the album's double edged sword. Like I think it's the simultaneously the best and worst thing about this album, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I I love like like. There isn't a song on here. Maybe I think maybe the first track, "Heaven of Stone," is perhaps the only track on this thing that I don't like, uh, just because it it just felt a little um, underwritten. Like it, it just didn't feel like it needed to be on the album, basically. Um, but my anyway, they, like he, you know, so like create. Like, I'm just gonna go through a couple tracks here. So, "Creator of God." You know, he just, you know, you get that really heavy, noisy, like, flare to, or fair, I guess, um, to what, you know, to his stuff. So you got a lot of screams and stuff like that. But then you've got, like, a track like Temporary Object, uh, but which is just, like, pulling from, like, more Black Queen territory. But then you have something like Roach Hiss, which is just, you know, again, just batshit insane. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard him scream as much as he has with mm. Roaches, actually. Mm. Um, but then you have something like uh, September City, which is the final track, which is, you know, again, more mellow. And so, you know, he basically presents this album as, 
like it it doesn't feel like an album at times it, it feels more like a collection of tracks but that being said they're all really good tracks um, I, I guess the, that's probably the, the gist of what I want to put forward mm-hmm. here um, because I, I like so my first listen to it I was a little disappointed um, just sort of with how uh, not cohesive the album was mm-hmm. But uh, when I listened to it again today, I, I really ended up enjoying a lot of it. Uh, like, I, I mean, all of it, really. Um, you know, it, it was just, uh, you know, you really get to see the breadth of what, you know, Greg's capable of. Uh, in that, you know, there's really no, uh, there, there's no locking him down yeah. in a way. Uh, but again, like, you know, I, I think if you, like, it's just, I think it's the cohesion and the lack of of cohesion in this album that kind of brings it down for me, but I really enjoyed it. I really want to buy it at some point. Um, you know, listening to this again made me want to re-listen to Black Queen, actually, because um, I only listened to their debut. Um, but, you know, they have two albums out, and I mean, I really liked like, I, I, I liked that softer side of, of Greg's voice. Mm. So, um, you know, is yeah and also final word i i love the album cover for this thing it's It's just really disturbing um and i think if i remember correctly it uh jesse jesse faxler let me let me see hold on um uh jesse draxler who's a visual artist i'm pretty sure he did the cover for it because uh this is an album release on uh the it's called, the label's called Federal Prisoner, which is uh, what he... It's it's a collaboration between uh, Greg and Jesse Draxler, which, if the name sounds familiar, he was actually... He did uh, the cover for uh, the New Daughters album. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so he does a lot of, like, this stark black and white, really disturbing, surrealist type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just... I loved how this album cover looked. So. Yeah. Anyway, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I took, you know, in comparison to the other three especially, I took pretty extensive notes on my second listen just because um, I think you hit the nail on the head on... Uh, I mean, just before I start, I want to clarify, I really enjoyed this album. I thought there was some... Yeah. Uh, again, uh, this is not... I, I guess I didn't know what I was, what to expect. I didn't know what a Greg Pusciato solo album would sound like uh, a lot of ideas in here we would not have guessed in advance but i thought pretty much all the ideas worked and a, even you know more of those worked really really well but i will say the lack of consistency is what kind of threw me for a loop on my first listen and i kind of you know was able to nail down my thoughts more more coherently on the second listen uh the trajectory of this album i thought it was going one way and then it it just it didn't deliver on where I thought it was gonna go. It opens with kind of a a really like a slow burn. Like it's not really until I think the latter half of the second song that the tone kind of picks up, and then finally you know hits you know fire in the water where it starts to get a little bit more intense. Um, uh, and then I think a, a deep deep set kind of continues that a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, the deep set. Deep set's a good track. Yeah, and like I, I like those tracks, but then suddenly I, it kind of was the the moodier moodier first few tracks, and then 
you know, it hit the, the kind of like almost like a mix of like grunge and shoegaze and industrial with, you know, Greg's vocals on the top. It was very, it was very interesting, but then suddenly it gets into this soft delivery and it, it it's at first I was like, what is this? And then I was like, Ooh, what is this? Like I, this, the almost ethereal wave and in, in, synth pop, you know, I never thought I would say that related to Greg's music, but I, I thought the, you know, I actually loved, you know, tracks like Through the Walls. I thought, um, um, Do You Need Me to Remind You was, uh, oh, not not that one, sorry, Fire, Fireflies, you know, Temporary Object was some of my favorites. Uh, a Pair of Questions is awesome. That is such a nice 80s vibe. Um, in the middle of that, you had Roach Hiss, which was just such a filthy, awesome, like the riff was amazing. And it was yeah. actually, actually kind of interesting to hear because you know Greg does his full which first of all you made a good point that, that this is him kind of really stretching into new territory with his vocals but it, uh, most of Dillinger's like whenever they had the somewhat straightforward riffing he did kind of his like yells singing in a way like like one of us must die like you know, the killer yeah. will but most of the time when they were doing their intense you know math, math stuff he's screaming so it was really interesting to hear him deliver over, you know, the riffs were really good, but like, they're still pretty straightforward, they were, but they were nice, dirty, grimy, yeah. like heavy riffs. And it was interesting to hear him screaming over very, you know, um, like you're relatively yeah, they, like, you know, he's, he's, he's not uh, bothering with like an insane time hmm. signature here. Exactly. But with that in mind, I was like, okay, so this is kind of, you know, going to, you know, fluctuate back and forth between like heavy and light. But I think after Roach Hiss, it just kind of, it was very much on the softer side for most of the track until um, Evacuation toward the end. I think that was yeah. the best marriage of the two. Like it was, it was a really nice balance between the two sides. Um, and I was surprised yeah. that, that I think that was, and it might've, I mean, I'm even take a step forward. It was one, well, probably the only track that really, hit that hit that stride um so I, I left you know both my listens i kind of i felt a little mixed only because i think i don't think it needs to be i don't think it needed to be this long i think that it might have been a little bit stronger if he honed it in kind of focused on the the, the tonality if um if there were, there were just like a few fewer of the, the synth pop songs because I think in some ways it cut into the the power of the heavier songs just because there was so much of of the the softness around it. I think if you had a like a you know, maybe like a ten song or or nine song track list and apparently he initially planned this as an EP, but um, he when he was writing it he just kept coming out with more and more songs. Interesting, and unfortunately yeah. it's one of those. Deli- I think maybe. Um, I think maybe there there are a few tracks, even even the synth pop tracks I liked where I could have done without. But I think if you had a much tighter track list, it would have you know increased the impact of of everything, you know, all of the above. But with that said, I mean, I don't really think there was I don't think there was a bad song on here, and almost all the songs were really really good to excellent. Uh, I'm I'm kind of curious what it would have been like if he did like a like a double EP in a way 
where like one half was along the lines of Roach Hiss and the other half was along the lines of, of the more you know popular songs. Um, I yeah, think that might have been more interesting, or might might have worked a little bit better. But regardless, even though the flow and the rise and fall wasn't you know as consistent as it could have been, all the songs themselves are great, and I think it's it's really interesting to. I mean, it's always interesting to hear someone go off on their own, after especially someone from such a well-known band and do their own thing. Mm. And I think he really excelled. I, I thought this was a, showed some really great promise. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he does from here. Uh, I hope that his next album is a bit more cohesive, but I mean, I hope he just continues growing as a songwriter because he definitely has that aspect you know, down pat. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. It was, you know, it was a really enjoyable listen. Uh, you know, he's he's always been one of my favorite singers, uh, just for his versatility, more than anything. Um, you know, I, I would really like to see him, you know, collaborate with some artists that I feel like would help bring out all those sides of his sound. Like, I mean, I think I say this about almost every, like, I but, but everybody, but like, I think it'd be really cool to see him uh, collaborate with Bobby Krillick, you know, the Hacks and Cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could, that could bring out a really cool side to his uh, music because, like, you know, Hacks and Cloak has like that dark edge, but then also has like kind of like an ambience to him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think that would be really cool. Like, I I really just like to see him uh, really just develop this sound more. So, yeah. Um, totally awesome album uh i i can't wait to see where this kind of lands for me at the end of the year uh which is slowly coming up <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it um yeah <laughs> sweet well i think we yeah. had another another successful roundup and uh that means we are at our albums of the week and i am glad that i get to introduce elaine so elaine what is your yes. album of the week? Uh, so uh, I've I've actually been very excited for for this uh, because I probably listened to this album last week, like Wednesday maybe, and like I I was just so taken aback by it that I had to talk about it this week, and it is um, the debut album from Square Pusher uh, called uh, Feed Me Weird Things. Okay, um, it is a. It, it's amazing it's so it's considered like a drill and bass album um it's it's but it's a lot more than that he's taking like you know drum and bass and combining it with like a lot of jazz but not in the same way that like an amon tobin would go about it like this is this is it's pretty harsh a lot of the time uh but you know he's playing bass uh on it as well uh it's really cool um I, I really just fucking love this album, and especially the uh, the track theme from Ernest Borgnine is like I, I very rarely these days do I have like like if I'm listening to something new that I have a track just you know take me out of my seat like just completely wake me up, and that was just one of those tracks for me. There was just something so magical about it. Uh, it, it was fucking great. Um, I actually ended up because um, I, I'm trying to remember what I was thinking with this. I, I think I bought uh, Square Pusher album Go Plastic a few weeks ago, and uh, I ended up just buying like his first four albums pretty much because I already have um, 
he had uh, music is rotted one note uh, which I think is his fourth album uh, but I, so I ended up buying feed me Bear things um, hard normal daddy and go plastic um, you know and I, I've enjoyed them all they've been really cool so nice I, I, I listened to um, the one he came out with this year yeah be up a be up a hello and yeah. I liked it, but I'm curious to listen to his earlier stuff because I, I, you know, you always get the sense with um, some some artists that you know perhaps their their earlier material out, outshadows what they're doing recently. So I'm curious to hear uh, where he came from because I know he's he's kind of a um, you know a celebrated underground electronic artist. Um, mm. So sweet. And yeah. looking through so, these track titles, uh, very fun, very interesting. I'm, I'm a fan yeah. of of these these creative track titles. Um, yeah, it's, some of them are a little odd. Um, Future Gibbon is is a good name for a track, mm-hmm. but it, theme from Ernest Borgnine. Don't know what that means. I know the actor. I mean, I I always think of Mermaid Man when I think of Ernest Borgnine now, but um, also R.I.P. But um, yeah. Just yeah. loved loved this album. I'm definitely um, a fan like, of. Oh, I'm sorry. It's it's Spedley's melody, which I thought it was Spedley's medley, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> but I still like. Well, Spedley's isn't melody. there a? Um, oh, for some reason that just reminds me of the uh, that Primus track, and I think it was Sound of the Seas of Cheese. It's like uh, pork chops, a little ditty. Oh, pork chops, a little. Oh, I think I think that's on um, uh, pork soda because it, it's like. The, uh, the, is the, the, it? It's this. It sounds like someone playing banjo and like you know, like stomping their boot on the porch, and it's like it's like a happy little. Yeah, you're, you're but, right. It, it is pork soda. But then uh, it I'm, like it releases into my name is Bud, and it's just like boom, ba dum bam, ba dum ba dum bam. Oh man, God, Prime's good. Um, oh, I I, I was thinking of, no. There's there's a track called Granddad's Little Ditty on yeah. um on Sailing the Seas of Cheese mm-hmm. that that that's just uh, like an old man singing in the shower. So, <laughs> as, as is like totally normal for Primus. Um, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, so what, what what have you got for your album of the week? So I know last week I mentioned um, that there was a a record I bought that's kind of a classic, and I was gonna talk about it this week, but I got my pre order copy for an album that just came out. For a band that has very quickly become one of my all-time favorites and I kind of feel like I have to make it my album of the week and right. it, it's just it, it's such a they actually released an album last year that um, was was the album that prompted me to check them out and it, it spawned a you know spawned my interest in the band but I think that this might even be better you know, usually I don't like when bands release albums of X back here I like to have time to digest and whatnot. Uh, he actually the lead singer released an album earlier this year that was you know kind of his typical acoustic stuff that he does um, but this new one is is one of their most fun albums to date and it is Getting Into Knives by the Mountain Goats um, oh, they okay. actually finished recording it right before COVID like really became a thing so it, it, it's kind of interesting how um or maybe interesting, but it's it's good that the COVID did not affect their process at all. You know, they didn't have to like you know, they really went in 
did what they had to do, you know, without the the context of uh, of COVID or anything like that. Uh, I think it's something that's been a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to sound callous, but I think a lot of times, especially like more like aggressive music or like metal, it's like this is the perfect soundtrack for COVID, like our our, our perfect yeah. soundtrack for our times, and it's like I, I don't know, I just you know, I feel like that's just kind of putting you know draping that context over it when it's it's not necessarily about that but i'm really glad that because i think that given like if they were you know quarantine whatever like they might have produced a different album uh because this album it's really fun like i think one of the consistent themes is it sounds like john daniel company were just like just having a good time like there's some they recorded in um in memphis and there's some kind of like old school rock vibes on here like there's some more like danceable mid-paced rock and roll rhythms uh there's one track uh get famous which has like a full horn section it's just it's such a triumphant awesome track uh the lyrics are typically great uh you know great as, as per usual um and of course there's some there's some slower more moodier tracks as you know john daniels obviously is, is prone to writing about the whole spectrum of emotions but it's it's just an awesome fun change of pace you know one of the things i love about the mountain goats is even though they offer you know more or less the same they stick within the realm of indie folk i feel like they always do an interesting thing and do interesting things with that blueprint whether it's uh you know obviously john Daniel's lyrics or his musical um his musical approach kind of what he um what kind of flavor he wants to write about so and it was it was interesting that it it came on time. I wasn't sure if it would be delayed with COVID. I just started um, and I'm and wrapping up uh, his his debut novel, which he released a few years ago. Um, oh, the um, the is is that the one with like the weird videotape glitch on it? No, I actually I bought that one too. But the one I'm reading is is uh, the Wolf and White Va- White Van, uh, which is a really it's a really really cool book. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. How oh, that ends. Universal Harvester is is the book yes. I'm thinking of. I had that one too. I'm looking yeah. for. I'm gonna I'm gonna start that after we, um, you know, after we we finish the, the book that we're talking about for our next episode. Spoiler alert. Um, I, I actually really want to read Universal Harvester now. Uh, now that I'm looking at the plot of it, because it, it reminds me a lot of um, the film. Um, I think it's Lost Highway. Yes, yeah, the the David Lynch film Lost Highway. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a great. I mean, I, I guess I'm not surprised that he's a good writer. Like, I'm not surprised that you know his his lyrical ability translated into written form. But I really love his writing style in this book. It, it's 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 very. Um, he writes kind of in the the style that I prefer, and it's just very interesting. And, and it's just the the best thing is the way he writes and the references he makes. I think he would be such a cool dude to sit down with and just chat like it just yeah and in general i love i love when people when artists have extremely eclectic um musical tastes like he's super into like you know a lot of times when people say like oh i love metal they're like oh cool what do you listen to and they'll name like oh i love judas priest and iron nothing's anything wrong with those bands but they'll name like really like oldest. it's like okay so you don't really follow metal but he like i think they played on some late night show relatively recently and he was wearing an inter arma shirt um, which 
I actually <laughs> I don't listen to Nirama that much, but like that's still a really cool like contemporary. Yeah, I know. Like for, for fucking John Darnielle yeah, exactly. of all people. <laughs> like I saw like the clip, like they just posted like the video on Facebook, and like, hey, we're on. I'll say Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. And I was like, is that an Inner Armor shirt? Like, really? Like, you go, John Daniel. Cool. Um, I, I'm actually looking at Wolf and White, White Van, too, and that looks really good as well. Oh, it, so it, it, I, 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 I might be copying you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you want to borrow them? I, I, I'll probably end up buying them, honestly. All right. Uh, I, have a, I have a lot of books on the way, but those might be close to next, so. Sweet. Well, yeah. I, I think that's gonna do it for today thanks for yeah listening as always and as i alluded to we will be back with what's fast becoming our one of our favorite seconds to do is is doing our, our book club so we're very very excited yeah. to talk about um this next book uh I, i'm i'm really really excited that i was when uh, elaine mentioned that we we might consider this i i was i was stoked so um, i hope that yeah i hope that you enjoy enjoy it and we look forward to, to talking to you next week all right Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we are on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishura Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Seishura Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.